Welcome back to Technotopia, a podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Stephanie Elise. She's the co-founder of Mystery Vibe. This is Technotopia. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York, that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top-secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com Welcome back to Technotopia Podcast About a Better Future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Stephanie Elise. She's the co-founder of Mystery Vibe. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is super. So we rarely have any uh, have any people with accents on the show, so it's very exciting for me. <laughs> Talking my British accent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have my uh, I have my Ohio slash Brooklyn accent that I use. It's one of the things that I, I pride myself on. Oh, I love American accents, so. Yeah. Oh, really? That's great because because uh, we hate them. <laughs> We'd all prefer to be uh, which Hugh Grant or whatever. All right, so why don't you? So this this thing is called Mystery Vibe. I've been following you guys for, it seems like, a decade now, but uh, why don't you tell folks what you're working on? I think you actually wrote the first piece of press that we had, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So uh, Mystery Vibe is a UK-based company. We design, develop, and manufacture luxury pleasure products. So to um, to anyone else, that would be a smart vibrator. Okay. So I, have I seen one of these? I have. I've seen multiple versions. But why don't you describe what it looks like? Because this is a, this is kind of weird stuff. Yeah, sure. So um, you first saw it when we were in pilot mode or when we were kind of prototyping. Um, so our first product is called Crescendo. It's essentially a highly personalizable vibrator. So um, you can bend it to take any shape. Uh, so you could put it into a C shape, you could put it into more of a an S shape, you could um, have it straight and then just bend the tip. Um, but you also can personalize how it vibrates. So you can make it vibrate any way that you want because it has six motors and each one of those is individually programmable. So it's all about finding the right shape and the right vibration pattern for you. Mm-hmm. So... This is this is something we I talked to uh, Cindy Gallup earlier. I'm wondering what is the future of sex tech besides uh, like a vibrator that looks like a snake that's all bendy and weird. <laughs> like what is the what is the true future? Because I I I think there's I think there's so much more to this, but I think that everybody gets kind of stuck on a toy kind of thing. Mm. Whereas when we're not we're not changing people's minds about things, we're just giving them different things to to use. I think it's such a a fascinating industry and I think we're only really beginning to see its potential and you're right. I think it goes from a mindset and we look at sex and sexuality much more broadly. So if you think about sex tech as an industry, when people hear that word, they probably think um, vibrators. They probably think something like a hookup app. They probably go straight to robotics as well and artificial intelligence. But the way I like to see sex, sexuality, and by extension, sex tech is 
it doesn't so much much matter what you're doing as in specific actions it matters how you feel about it so the sensation the connection between two people or maybe more people um, the things that you're experiencing that's what really matters so I think sex tech as an industry um, will encompass so many more things um, for example, there's an amazing company that is developing jewelry that um, mimics the feeling of someone running their hand down your skin or the smell of your lover. Um, I think as an industry, it will grow. And as we start to bring more technology into sex, you will start to see some really exciting things. So is the, I guess, is the hang up here about uh, that most sex toys and most systems are put in place for essentially I guess you could say quote unquote vanilla sex and it's not like I'm here I'm here uh swinging with with 15 people in a in a burning man tent it's more but is is the culture changing in support of I guess alternative lifestyles and all quote unquote alternative ideas about sex yeah, it's a really it's a really interesting point. Um, but I think sexual products are used by people in all kinds of relationships, be they more vanilla, be they more kink, um, by single people, by couples, by people who um, engage in all kinds of activities, like Burning Man, as you mentioned. Isn't the marketing focused on that? So, like, I, I was I was messing with the uh, the Kiru uh, uh, robotic uh, sex jar, essentially, and. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole marketing there is supposed to be, you take this really big, weird robotic sex jar that sounds like a 3D printer when it runs, and you take it with you when you go traveling, and then your partner has a has their 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 portion of the whole system. This is, I can't, I don't, well, usually I can make this explicit, I guess. We would just tell you, it's a, we're talking about sex anyway. Usually I like this so, so kids can listen to it in their cars. But if you're listening to your car and we're talking about vibrators, then you already have a bigger problem. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, the whatchamacallit so we got we got this Kira thing and the whole marketing the whole front page of the site is like two people talking on the phone and then they got the thing and then they're and then she's using one side of it and he's using the other side of it and but the one click past that it's mostly about solitary pursuits i guess you could say or web chat or all kinds of other stuff what needs to change in the culture to say not even not even from a uh, hardware software perspective, but what needs to change in the culture to encourage alternative thinking about the ways people use this and the alternative marketing and alternative sales of this stuff? Because I don't think I could get, I don't. You, it would be hard. It would be hard pressed to get a upright Midwestern family to be interested in any of this stuff. Uh, but uh, let alone think about this. Think about this as a as a way to grow their relationship. Think about this mm -hmm. as a way to. to to uh, to get come together that sort of thing. I think that change is is already happening. Um, I think we we very much used to see sex as uh, okay. We're going to use ex if we're going to use explicit terms. We very yes. much used to see sex as penis and vagina. Uh, it was a function of bringing a child into a nuclear family um, with a man and a woman. Uh, we started to define sex in different ways, and we've started to open up conversations about what it actually means much more, uh, which is absolutely fascinating. And I think, I see, sometimes I wish that I could redefine sex tech as 
more pleasure tech because ultimately um, that's what we're seeking, right? It's human seeking pleasure and anything that comes underneath that, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's an interesting one. And I think in terms of conversations that people are having, I think we're starting to see more media um, exploring the topic. So, for example, if you look at some of the uh, shows that have uh, talked about robotics, they're mm-hmm. asking really deep questions. They're asking, they're not asking like, how will a sex robot work? Um, they're asking, will it love me or will I be able to love Will it be conscious? What does that look like? How do we then treat it in terms of consent? Um, so I think some of these conversations around it are starting to happen. Uh, we just need to kind of grow that and start to think about stuff in yeah in a slightly more philosophical way, perhaps. Mm-hmm. What does the what does the world look like in twenty years? Are, am, am I sitting next to my sex robot and my wife and my and my and my Kiro Kiro jar, and uh, and we're all having a relationship. Or how does that? What does it look like? <laughs> um, I think twenty years. Wow, it's uh, it's going to be very different to to now for sure. Um, I have a quote that I I really like uh, that I found somewhere. I can't remember where, and it says, "The pace of change will never be as slow as it is today." And I think that's very true for sex and technology. I think. Um, and it's, there are some key events that are going to happen that are going to change things. So, for example, there is a patent that is coming to the end of its life around teledildonics, which means uh-huh. that you'll probably start to see more technology being developed in that space specifically. But when I think about 20 years from now, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I would like for us to be in a space where things are starting to understand a little bit more about what we individually like as people and they just work. So one thing I like to think about is um, how the Internet of Things is going to be used and useful for sex and sexuality. Um, The idea being that so many people take their technology these days into their bedrooms uh, that it can be quite a distracting thing. Uh, for many people, their smartphone is the last thing they touch at night and the first thing they touch in the morning. Um, and you can get distracted by your constant kind of barrage of notifications. So mm-hmm. what if we could make the IoT of the bedroom just work? You don't need to go in and take your products, which whichever ones you're using, and set them up in a specific way or turn your heating up when you get home or turn your lights to... I don't know, whatever color or intensity that you like to be intimate in, or you have to go and search on a specific erotica site to find exactly what you like. All of Uh these things will kind of just work together and learn and adapt to what you and your partner enjoy or what you might like to explore or things that you're curious about. Um, That's kind of where I see things in 20 years' time. Okay, so you're so we're talking a little bit more, um, more of a brave new world style of utopia. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, brave new world has some issues with uh, it's a little bit dystopian, but the assumption is that that we move into greater heights of pleasure, quote unquote, as opposed to greater depths of despair. Yeah, that's what I'd like to see: greater heights of pleasure. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed as opposed to greater depths of despair. I think so, yeah, like that's... personally and you know for the planet I think sure. um 
uh, there are so many, I mean, we can go into all the different things like health benefits of having a great sex life and of having pleasure, but there are so many societal benefits of people having great sex. Okay. I mean, there seems, there seems like, it seems like every, for every step forward, we have, uh, all of a sudden we have, um, we have gay marriage around the world, or we have new implementations of uh, relationships, that all that great stuff for every step forward. But then we get then we get a quick uh, we, they, somebody slams the door shut really quick uh, mm. with nationalism and some other weird stuff, uh, religiosity and all that other good, all that other um, stuff that essentially pulls people back a little mm-hmm. bit. Are we are we at a turning point? I mean, I'm I, from from your from your standpoint. Are we are you seeing? Uh, the customers for mystery vibe to be uh, a wider gamut of people. I think it's a really interesting point, and I absolutely agree with you. I think society kind of ebbs and flows, and we might take five steps Ooh. forward and then one step back. Or uh, it's it's a tricky one. I think I think we're now at a point where people are much more happy to have conversations with each other about these topics. Mm -hmm. Uh, The tricky thing is getting those topics started. The hardest thing is always sparking a conversation. Once it's been started, people are very happy to add their opinions and their points of view and their experiences to it. And I think a lot of those conversations are now on their way. I think we, over the next few years, will take some great steps forward in terms of technology, but also in terms of Um, societal views to pleasure. Uh, One thing that I think is very interesting at the moment is how mainstream retailers are starting to uh, look at this sector. It used to be that um, if you wanted to buy adult products, you had to go to very specific outlets or stores, whereas now that's starting to open up. And I think once once that happens, uh, people will start talking a little bit more openly about products and about uh-huh. services they can find um but yeah i think i think we will ebb and flow over the next few years and there will probably be a couple of points in time where we think hey we're taking a step back and um, there's new regulation or uh, there's a conversation happening that we might not see as sex positive opinions being thrown around but ultimately i still think we are progressing forward towards a more sex positive and open society Okay, so the the arc of the arc of sexual pleasure bends towards righteousness, I guess. Interesting. It's <laughs> a great way of putting it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's very cool. So, what needs to happen next? What What are you guys going to do to uh, to I guess increase the popularity of these sorts of tools? Well, one thing I'm really interested in right now is um, the male side of the market. I think. Uh, And I say male side of the market because that's how it's set up right now. I mean, we designed Crescendo originally for women, but we found very quickly it was a gender-neutral product um, and that people with penises enjoyed it as much as people with vaginas. Um, But in terms of that side of the market, products for people with penises, uh, I'm really fascinated by some of the market drivers and some of the attitudes and some of the taboo, the real taboos and stigmas in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to have a look and see what we can do to start normalizing some issues and some taboos around uh, pleasure in that way. 
And then aside from that, I think I think there are there are issues across the sector that are improving, but still could do with a bit more work. Um, for example, and you've talked about this before on your podcast, things about funding and financing, and how um, how we can talk about sex and sexuality in on social media and advertising. Um, I think there are there are still some hurdles to overcome for sure. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of excited to try and tackle them. Yeah, you and Cindy should get together and create some kind of massive fund. Oh, Cindy's was, wonderful. <laughs> no, no. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's very frustrating. It's the, I guess it's the, I guess it's the idea of like these, these sin industries, but mm. what's a, like, so sure, gambling and, uh, I don't know, cockfights and drugs are technically sins, but I mean, gosh, the, the, the booze and marijuana are going about to become, as mainstream as it gets, mm-hmm. and I assure you that no no sane investor would turn down a, the opportunity to get in early on a uh, on a marijuana startup, especially in some somewhere big like New York or, or London or Berlin or something like that. <clears throat> so we're in a those that all that all those taboos have already been shattered. So I wonder what the next taboo. I guess the I guess the question is how do you make money? How do you how do you market? And none of these investors know how to market a sex toy, basically. Uh, mm. These guys know how to market a Twitter. They know how to market a uh, a Facebook, but they have no idea how to market a, a way to get people together. And I think as um, and and one of the interesting things about the space is that it is so fragmented. And um, for your average Joe on the street, perhaps they know one brand within sex tech. Perhaps they know absolutely zero. So there's very little brand recognition. And I think once companies um, start to really grow and they start to have more brand recognition and they um, they really make a name for themselves, you'll start to see more investors looking and saying, hey, there's this whole industry that I hadn't never thought of before or mm-hmm. I thought of but I thought was kind of not really in our remit. Um, and they'll, then they'll see how incredible the growth is in this space because it is totally nuts if you look at the size of the market and the potential, and then you look at how much funding is actually going into this industry. It's it's a no-brainer. But nobody's gonna nobody's gonna point that out. Nobody's gonna tell the nobody's gonna tell the world because it's to to one degree. I, I worry, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, and we can close on this point. I worry that a lot of these uh, a lot of these services, like I'm like I would use the Kiro with the um, uh, I guess it was Flirt for Free or whatever, mm-hmm. and that service you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and everybody who's associated with it is kind of shady. Uh, plus you have that massive, uh, that massive porn empire that that's runs out of Montreal. I think it is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's only one or two people who run this whole thing. You don't know who they are. You don't know, you don't know what their goals are. And it, to a degree, they don't need any outside influence. They don't need out, any outside interference because they've already got the cash. Right. Yeah. Is there a way to, break into that industry by working with those people and by creating uh, something a little friendlier, something that, that, that works better for the average person. Cause I mean, I'm sure they're, I'm sure the average person would love to have a cam to cam kind of situation with the Kiro and everything. But as it stands right now, it's sort of sorted. It's a, it's like a, it's a secret thing that you do as opposed to a thing that you can do with other people. Yeah, I think, and again, I think, you may have spoken about this before with Cindy. I think as 
more female founders have started to come through, there's been a real movement towards a different kind of brand and a different kind of um, business model and company being created. Uh, I think it's a really interesting point that you bring up around you don't really know how it works. Um, and I think the industry has a lot to do in terms of gaining consumer trust and confidence and explaining to people how things work the way they do, why things, why do you even need to, um, for example, collect data um, if you were going to do that? Um, I think the industry has a lot to do to gain the trust of its consumers and of new people who are coming to this crazy industry and thinking, what do I want? How, what kind of products, what kind of things am I looking for? And maybe I haven't bought anything before. Where do I go first? Um, and there are some interesting people doing interesting things in this space. One person I would recommend that you check out is a guy called Internet of Dongs. And essentially what he does is he's a hacker by trade and he looks into products within this space and he works with brands to help them improve their security. So, for example, if they're a brand who um, maybe don't have the technical expertise uh, and they are creating an app or um, even things like website, he'll go and he'll check out and he will make reports on how they could be more secure. Um, and he just, I, I think he does it in his spare time. I'm not sure. Um, but I think things like that are really helpful. Um, and I think more, the more brands and companies in this space who can be really open and honest uh, with their customers and obviously making sure that if they're doing anything, like, for example, with um, teledildonics or with data, they're getting their customers' consent. That is the most important thing. And that comes back down to Sex 101. You have to have consent to do things. But we should also assume that everyone in the future will be naked on the internet for at least 15 minutes, I think. Really? Just, uh, I, th I think that's the way, I think that's the way it's, it's gonna end up. We're gonna have somebody capturing, capturing video or some kind of weird thing. It's interesting. It's, uh, I, I, would, I, would, I, would, I mean, you're gonna have a breach, right? So, so who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah, it's one of those things. I always say that um, in today's crazy world of tech, uh, nothing is unhackable. Mm -hmm. um, so when you're designing products, and it's really interesting, we're now starting to see legislation, especially in Europe now having this, you have to design with security embedded into your products um, and with contingency as well. So uh, yeah, nothing is unhackable, but I think companies have a lot of work to do to gain trust trust and to make uh -huh. sure that even if say for example someone hacked into our servers they wouldn't be able to for example identify someone and say that person used this product on this day in this setting um, right. excellent so. stephanie we're we're going to invite people to try out mystery vibes i think uh it's mysteryvibe.com right mysteryvibe.com yeah all right uh, check that out. Thank you very much for joining us on this. This is uh, this is one of my favorite topics, and, and I really get to talk about it. So uh, I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. All right, we'll talk to you later. See this you later. has been this has been Technotopia. I'm John Biggs. We'll see you next week. Technotopia is brought to you by Typewriter. Typewriter is your on-demand editor, and their amazing team of writers will make your book chapter, blog post, or email shine. Typewriter editors come from places like TechCrunch, Gizmodo, and the New York Times, and they offer low bulk rates for longer work. Check it out at typewriter.plus. That's typewriter.plus. <laughs>